Hey listeners, this month we are doing something a little different. We got a lot of feedback around a Findon episode, so we decided to read out and answer some of the listener mail. We answer a lot of questions here, and even one or two criticisms. We also end up going way over time with the recording, so you'll actually be getting two episodes this month instead of just the normal one. We have had new people sign up to a $1 tier patron, and we are very grateful to them, and we hope you enjoy the early access. I would also like to thank our show sponsor tier patrons, Andrew Blackley, Connor Bone, Deco Very, Brian C, Harry Hypnotist, and Matthew O'Mara. Thank you so much for all your help. With that being said, on with the Q&A. Okay, so welcome to the interview. Today we've got Buster back and we are doing a follow-up of Findom. We're doing a Q&A. Well, hello there. Yes, so after your last episode about it, we basically had a lot of interest and there was a lot of discussion going on. So I figured it'd be best to follow it up with some proper audience Q&A. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. So I opened up a submission form, which is still up for any questions about any show topic. Um, and people emailed in. They used the form. Um, so we've got some questions here, which we're just going to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did episode... do a little bit of intro for people that didn't hear the last one. So, okay, yeah. yeah. So, uh, on our last episode with Buster, we talked about uh, Findom. Well, it wasn't the last episode. You're a regular co-host. Um, <laughs> but we have talked about Findom in the past. And it was basically going through the basics, where you, with your sub-toco, talked about the nature of your relationship, um, ethical boundaries, um, and the general dynamics. Um this time, we want to go a bit more into some detail for Finn subs and people who don't really know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's kind of important for us to, uh, to, to speak to the Finn subs. I think last time, we like being able to provide a really candid snapshot of our relationship and, and our mm-hmm. uh, interactions, kind of like actually demonstrate that as a really kind of positive way of uh, showing the world who aren't involved in and people in the kink scene who aren't involved in uh, findom, fin subbing, um, being being now being able to go well, actually let's deal with some of the deeper issues for the people that are involved. And uh, I, I've seen there's a lot of questions that have come in, so should we get cracking? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So we've sort of organised these questions into little topics which is going to make editing for me so much easier. But uh, so the first section we have, we've entitled More Than Meets the Eye. Um, and the first question is from Ulog Pup. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I once tried doing cash dom, the cash dom thing, and I got told I was begging. How do you differentiate between the two? So this is a really interesting misconception because it's difficult when when you say you try doing the cash on thing uh it's really difficult for for me to know what you mean by that whether you just put up a post and go send me money um which is what it appears to be um yeah. one of the one of the things about 
about Findom is that there is like as as the we've titled this, there is more than meets the eye around this. There is. I have never received money out of the blue in my Monzo or in my Cash App or in my PayPal that I don't know where it's coming from, that I don't know that it's coming with a good amount of notice um, and know to some degree what I need to do about that. For instance, some people need... Uh, signature eyes emoji and some people need a screenshot of that to be taken even though it's £2.50 and then for that to go up on Twitter as oh look at this pathetic faggot wants to give money like there's um, there's uh, every transaction should we say is is hmm. accounted for and everything is known so you're not going to get people just giving you money for gear um i mean this is the thing usually i i've had i've had private messages connected with it with just like oh i'd really want to see you in some new rubber here's some money towards it yeah um uh, and what that means is what I'm expected to do in return for that is send them some pictures once I'm in rubber. Yeah. And and and, and so w- what matters here is do you have the I'm going to sound very wanky here. Do you have the infrastructure in place to deliver on what you're going to be asked to do or do you are you is your expectation that you're just going to get money because if your expectation is you're just going to get money then you're not going to get money you froze there yeah okay what what did you sound wise uh if we go from not sound wanky but infrastructure so uh okay fine um so I'm going to sound really wanky when I say this, but but do you have the infrastructure in place to deliver on what is expected? Um, that is, are you able, if we kind of strip all of this out and go, this is one-on-one, right? One person giving you money. Um, so somebody wants to give some money to you for because you want some gear, for example. Um do you are you willing to establish a relationship with that person? Are you willing to even talk to a stranger about money? Yeah. Are you willing to do the things that you need to do to make sure that you're taking money off them is an ethical thing to do? Are you willing to put in the effort? Are you willing to give that person attention? Because if you're not, what you're doing is just begging, like literally the, the panhandling begging. You're putting yeah. out your PayPal and you're going, please give, please give. And you give nothing in return. Um, and this is a kind of a really uh, clear differentiation to go like, if you're not fulfilling the role of a Findom, then yeah, you're just begging. Now, yeah, something this... that I want to kind of say when when i put out a call on my twitter that says i want some new rubber like i'm a leather guy but i want some new rubber 
what I'm doing there is not asking people to send me money. What I'm doing is signaling my receptiveness to new communication. Because yeah. it might be three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon and I work for the NHS. Like, hell, I'm busy. If you send me a message now going, hey, I want to buy you a coffee, then you ain't getting a response or you're not. I'm not, I'm not receptive in that moment. If I put out a post that says... Uh, all you cash fags, get on the floor, give me 20, give me, give me your money and give me press ups or whatever. And, uh, and, and what seems to be screaming out to the void, it's signaling an intent. Um, and, and what that, what that does is it really lowers the fear of rejection. Um, because we still have, uh, Findom is this kind of taboo, not talked about topic, which philosophically it's because it kind of bends our understanding of who has power and money. Like usually people who have money have power. Um, yeah. And if we flip that around, it produces some quite strong taboos. Um, and so we, we, we have this taboo. And so the Findoms don't, necessarily want to randomly reach out to people and say hey can i give you some money yeah this is the thing it's what you see are online where people go oh just give me money or you know time to pay up i'm looking at often they will have people they have a relationship with that's predetermined or it's signaling people can message and start to talk about that Mm -hmm. like Obviously, you get like the straight cash masters that are really just trying to sort of, I want money, give me money now. And you mm. see, they never do that well at it. We joked yeah. on the last this podcast is the key about... Thing. Yeah. They see what is apparent, not what is deeply going on. And yeah. their rewards are uh, are appropriate for that. So if you put out a call because you're trying to make some get some rubber and you put out a call online, you'd be lucky to scrape together enough for a Big Mac. Because this is what like my standard joke is that they're they're trying to get enough together for a McDonald's meal. Yeah, you'll basically end up if you're lucky with the amount enough for a Big Mac, you won't get something that comes from building relationship with people. Which I think this brings us on to our next point of call, duty. So we've got some questions in there for it. We've got one from Tim. Someone that I thought was a sugar daddy was also a Findom. At first I used the cash to buy more gear, but after I found out where I was coming from, I wasn't comfortable taking the money. Was I right? Uh, yes, because you weren't comfortable. Yeah. This is uh, this is the bottom line for any kink activity. If you're not comfortable with it, there isn't consent. Therefore, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Period. Because uh, consent need, needs to be informed consent. If you found out that money was coming from a place you didn't feel was, at the time, was right or ethical, that's, that is the right choice. Now, if since then you've like thought, well, maybe... You know, now I understand Findom a bit better. I can understand it's not that unethical if you do it the right way and have reconsidered your position. That's fine. But what you did at the time was what you felt best for at the time. Yeah. And this is the thing where it's like, I I feel like Sugar Daddy and Findom are two very, very similar things. 
So, I mean, we could pick a, a few holes here and just kind of explore the space a little bit and say, well, actually, sugar daddy is a very traditional relationship where the person who has money, usually an older person uh, mm -hmm. who has money, is supporting or um, putting on the hook a younger person. So all the way from, say, for instance, an older person hiring a rent boy, yeah, like that, that, that is somebody with a traditional balance of power all the way up to somebody who's 35 and who works in the stock market with, with kind of bankrolling somebody who's 45 but works in retail. Yeah, uh, like, like it's a traditional dom sub relationship and our financial uh, and societal expectations fulfill our sexual expectations. Everything's in line. With, with FinDom, as I alluded to before, the financial relationship is flipped. We have a societal taboo where we're talking about the person that's holding the money is, for lack in the of submissive a better term, well, yeah, but for lack of a better term, the way that the kink community talked about FinDoms is as victims. Yeah. So, uh, And then Toko what, what, said in the last episode, that's one thing that really gets to me, which is, there is no agency given to the subs engaging in this kink from the outside world. Fin subs are not victims. Fin subs know they hold the power. Yeah. They know the way this clicks. The point is that their dick, if your dick gets hard from giving money uh, or having money taken from you, big apostrophe, inverted commas, taken yeah. from you, then... Yeah, I mean, you're going to do what makes your dick hard. And the, 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 I think a lot of the kind of the issues around fin subbing come from this uh, kind of dichotomy of what makes your dick hard versus what makes your brain groan. <laughs> like, yeah, oh yeah. my God, am I doing this? <laughs> like, because our societal pressure is so different from our sexual pressure. But, yeah. Hey, I mean, like some some dom, female dom, recently got fined because she was walking her dog. <laughs> I a man in a dog outfit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was walking her sex dog, and she said it was legal under coronavirus laws. <laughs> oh, the cheek! <laughs> and uh, 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 and so our sexual uh, expectations and our societal responsibilities. <laughs> are frequently not in line and that's yeah. just dandy that's no. fine often the whole reason especially in kink and fetish is we have these fetishes because they are societal taboos in the first place like because otherwise it wouldn't be fetishes i touched on this in the last one like would fin subbing or fin doming even be a fetish if we didn't live in under capitalism so yeah uh, Findoms and Finsubs have sort of a set of duties if they're going to engage in this, which stops it from being begging. So if we could like bullet point them, because we've touched on them lightly before, what duties do you as a Findom have when you're engaging with like a sub over this? So when I'm first contacted by a sub, I mm -hmm. have to make sure that, I mean... These are these are the standards. Start off by saying these are the standards I hold myself to, um, mm -hmm. not necessarily the 
standards for anyone else, but I, I think it's off to a good start. If somebody's getting started in Pindom, like to think about these things, first of all, to establish what it is that the, the, the fin sub that's contacting you wants to get out of this. Right. When, when a new fin sub contacts you, your entire societal programming is like, somebody wants to give me money. Right, dollar signs in your eyes, it, it, like yeah, everything you start thinking about your wallet, right? But it's not about that. It's like, what's this person want? Like, what are their expectations for how this is going to go? Because early on, I clear up some of this stuff to go. All right, okay. I mean, if you're offering me money, you're much more likely to get my attention than yeah. if you just go, hey. <laughs> or want to play, or I love your content. Yeah, no, it's my sex life, not my content. The capacity for Findom is much more than it is for like casual play. So we have to establish like how's this going to go? Because does this person want me to be hard on them and to go like, where's my fucking money? I want my money, yeah. bitch. I'm going to fucking take your wallet. I'm going to meet you in public. I'm going to walk you to a cash machine and take everything you've got, you little fuck. That's one, that's one take. Yeah. And I heard, I've just heard in advance about 30 erect penises. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And there are other times where somebody is a bit more to and fro. Somebody wants to give some money and somebody wants like, like to buy me a coffee and they want some pictures of that coffee in return and yeah. some people actually want it to be a bit more like almost like a rent boy kind of relationship and you have to know what what am I able to provide because like if somebody wants to buy my attention 24-7 like I said before I work for the NHS I'm frontline staff <laughs> we're yeah. in a pandemic <laughs> that's not going to happen and it is therefore unethical for me to engage that relationship any further to take any money from that person because I'm yeah. not going to fulfill what they need. Yeah. Um, this is kind of where the whole kind of questions around abuse start to come in when it's about, well, actually, people haven't explored expectations properly. And yeah. suddenly somebody's several hundred pounds deep and not getting what they want. Yeah. And actually, nobody, none of those two have started to have voiced what they want in this. We start off by establishing the tone, right? What are the expectations? How do, how, how, how do we communicate effectively? Not just because it gets their dick hard uh, and it maximizes income stream for, for the, for the fin dom. <laughs> right. The, the point is, if it's going swimmingly, you never need to have that conversation again. It's best to have it at the start. Yeah. Um, and unless something changes. Uh, second of all, can what is this person's attitude towards money? I don't need to see bank statements. Right. I'm not I'm not checking somebody's bank statements, but I am checking like, oh, OK, so they've got some money in savings. Like I just clear up like how do like, I just say to them, like, how do I know you can afford this? How do yeah. I know you're not living outside your means? Do you have any credit cards? Right. OK, fine. Like if somebody just says to me clearly that they that they're good with money, they have money set aside, they have a set amount of play money that they put into a separate account 
if you develop a relationship with somebody and they have their play money set aside in an account, one of the horniest things to do is get a card for that one account and have it sent to me and have my PIN number oh, right. put on it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I can therefore send them a notification that I've spent their money without them even thinking about it. I can interrupt their day to remind them of who owns their money. And okay, that's, that's something interesting. That you have to have a very close connection for. But also, if I know that they've got 100 quid of play money a month, mm. I'm not going to try and drain them on day one. Drain, like just use that language yeah yeah i can wait till the end of the month and know how if i know how much they've got in that account then i can effectively kind of budget that essentially to go how can i using the available resources how can we get the most sexual enjoyment out of this and is that lots of two pound fifty payments as somebody's jerking off or is it one big lump and then denying them an orgasm. Like, what is it that that, that fits into this kind of broader picture here for for how this relationship goes? Because I think Um, think it's worth talking about people's motivations and what about the situation or the power dynamic of FinDom turns them on varies quite wildly. Oh, yeah. And I think that's worth worth talking about because for some people it is a humiliation aspect. It is being shown to be giving money to a dom who, you know, quote unquote, doesn't quote deserve it and being used. And and well, for other people, it is more like a almost a service, something of being of use, being a resource to a dom and getting mm-hmm. sort of a kink and a satisfaction from essentially feeling of use. Yeah, I mean, I am playing with people at the moment, some of whom want like if you see something on my twitter page that's like look at this pathetic they want their wallet drained they're all mine that kind of stuff it's because somebody loves to see gloating some people are really turned on by gloating um and the humiliation that comes from that some people love arrogance and it's my least favorite character trait in myself but people love it and i have it in abundance (laughs) Um, and yeah, some people, uh, want to see me wearing nice gear because they want the pictures and some people believe in their hearts that I am a superior man. Those are usually the ones I don't play with. Um, when you start talking about superiority and inferiority as like solid things, um yeah on the kind of the, the the topic of duties kind of what i try and do early on is establish like is there reasons for doing this a healthy one that i can live with ethically um or every time i get a payment from them am i going to have a pang in my conscience yeah <laughs> um yeah. but they're using this for self-harm um and i think that brings uh, into what are the duties for subs because we often always focus on the dom because they're often seen as the active partner that all the responsibility falls on them and i'm talking in general kink terms but often Mm -hmm. subs have a lot of responsibilities which i think need to be talked about more yeah i mean Um, one thing i can see yeah communication being aware of why you're getting into it and being able Mm -hmm. to express that fully to the dom what you're looking to get out of it i think in this case being able to manage your own finances 
and mm. like actually going well yes i have deliberately put aside this much amount and i have budgeted for this much amount in play i'm not just gonna give money away whenever i'm hard and not consider the impact mm-hmm. in the future yeah um something that i'm low to do is is shame behaviors but it's something that I feel does need to be called out among fin subs, which is that they get horny and then splurge their money on uh, on some straight cash master because it's hot. Um, but then they feel terrible afterwards. And actually, that's kind of a very self-deprecating behavior. And I think that there's like that's something that can like being able to take time to reflect and go, well, why do I feel this way? Oh, actually, it's like what they want is to have a relationship. They want to be a different type of cash sub yeah. than they're currently being. And uh, they're not, yeah, they're not ticking their boxes. Like it, it gives them a short term, it helps them come, but it doesn't doesn't do anything more than that. And then they have the consequences of that. So to steal a term from gambling, because mm-hmm. it's very similar in terms of like right large amounts of money are moving around if it stops being fun stop i've recently got contacted by somebody who'd had a very deep findom relationship with somebody for some time uh-huh. uh, this is a sub that i've known for a while i played with before didn't know he was into fin subbing but essentially mm-hmm. he'd bought his uh uh a box of cigars every month and then he would sit and be a footstool and be an ashtray. And then things started to change a little bit, started expecting money, and then he started to provide money, and then it became threatening. And actually the dynamic of that relationship changed against the the will of, of this sub. Mm-hmm. And that is a, so that, that's an abuse situation, essentially, oh, yeah. where... That the, the dynamic now, if that was agreed upon at the start, and I'm going to meet you in public and drain your wallet or whatever, so that everyone else on the in this in Westfield shopping mall can see me taking your money, like if if that's the agreed upon terms, then yeah. great. But actually, when something changes like that, I think a sub has a duty to reflect and to ask or ask for help from somebody else since our last episode i I don't want to say i've ended up with a dear deirdre column but Mm -hmm. i get a reasonable amount of dms going hey this is healthy i don't often reply to dms from strangers if you send me a thing asking if your relationship's healthy because you're having questions i'll always answer Uh, and i'll get to you as soon as i can because this is something where i think that reflection uh and self analysis is one of the key things that i need from my subs um to go well actually are you getting what you want from this because if you're not you need to communicate that now not in six months time where actually expectations haven't been met for six months and everything somebody suddenly we're breaking up and everything's messy yeah i mean Um, there is something um, you said with the with the example you gave that has a very clear abuse dynamic of being sweet and light at the start and the abuser kind of st- like taking inch by inch yeah. and getting worse and worse. Yeah. And I think that's worth something worth looking out for. And you touched on something, which is 
there is a lot of shame in the community in general around fin subbing. A lot of shame. And shame makes you easy to isolate and abuse. Mm -hmm. Because, as you said, you need to be able to talk with other people about this and reflect, is this healthy? Is this going overboard? And that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen if there's shame about. If you can confidently talk to other people without shame about what is going on with a fair and balanced view, like other people having a fair and balanced view of you, it makes everything so much safer and healthier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all up for a for a fin subs telegram chat. Yeah. Like <laughs> a way of like or just I think that fin sub because of its taboo Mm-hmm. Kind of the way that people treat it as taboo. I don't think it's taboo at all. We're all fucked up in weird ways, and I love it. But because it's it's kind of taboo, people tend to keep it to themselves. So actually, the only people that know about it are the subs and their alpha, straight, cash master, XXX, 89, whatever. Like, yeah. And, and, and that's not a safe position to be in with any relationship. And whenever we hear about the more heinous kind of like abuse situations that come up in the news, it's always that somebody is is really isolated from their family and from their support networks. And, and actually you end up alone. And this is the, the hallmarks of a dangerous relationship. And actually yeah, being able yeah. to be open with your friends and say, well, actually, there's lots of people that are into FinSub. And little bit by little bit, we're, we're going to try and kind of deal with some of that that uh, societal bullshit in the kink scene about how it's automatically abuse. And if you're a FinSub, you're a victim and so on and so forth. We can try and break some of that. And that hopefully that, that encourages people to be more open. It's one of the reasons I was so keen to jump on mics with you last time and this time to try and break down some of that 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 bullshit that keeps people stuck alone and it becomes a a a victim kind of problem we start talking about victims rather than consensual sexual partners yeah the reason i first wanted to talk about this is because i had actually seen examples of where the shame was hurting people Mm -hmm. and it that just needs to go away and we need to be able to have an adult discussion with a full well-rounded understanding of these power dynamics it's Mm -hmm. like it's like i'm gonna go to an extreme example it's like saying all subs in poly leather families are bad and victims if Mm -hmm. all you've ever seen is noodles and beef yeah like to get topical but yeah it's like that it's like the worst example is the most visible one and you don't see all the good that happens essentially offline in good healthy relationships hmm. yeah and uh, and i think that's kind of like one of the the really key things where we go like healthy relationships whereas yeah. like i don't want to paint findom and finsub as like we are the most pure we are the most amazing relate no it's no just, no no it's, it's another like way of being weird show. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just it's just a another kink, um, yeah. and and as it's just it. as shameful as uh, uh, as being into pain, which is not shameful at all. And it's just as shameful as being a sadist, i.e., not shameful at all. But you need to watch out who you do it with. Mm-hmm. Uh, like 
if I walked into my work and started demanding money, there'd be trouble. If I walked into, um, if I kind of broke the, the, the social uh, kind of boundaries and regulations about any kink, then, then there'd be trouble. And so it becomes right. Okay, well, what, what, how do we divide this up into what is acceptable to explore openly in our community and what is uh, acceptable for general life? Walking your and... sex dog in Sainsbury's um, it probably doesn't count as yeah acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> COVID rules, and and uh, we all know that. Well, no, there's a lot of people well, where I've had to argue about that with. Well, yeah, yeah, and nudity in public should be fine. It's homophobic to not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you get like. Everyone needs to consent to your kink that's involved, and that includes onlookers. Uh, Interesting. That's an entire podcast of its own. Oh, yes. Yes. I would probably disagree, but yeah. Ooh, we can have a spicy podcast. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. I do think there is a conversation to be had around what we put online and the personas we put online because there have been a lot of back and forth about what's appropriate to in kink terms to put out online casually as like an what would be considered an extreme kink Mm -hmm. and i think there uh well in my personal one my experience is i don't talk a lot about my hypnosis stuff because a lot of for me it's like quite fun and playful and almost cartoonish but for a lot of people what they see is essentially a very extreme um total power exchange Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is inherently non-consensual in the way Mm -hmm. it is framed now it's not in real life it is very consensual but the fantasy of like non-consensual hypnosis play is very prolific. And I don't put that out onto the social media because yep. I know a lot of people find that very uncomfortable and it brings up a lot of bad stuff for them. Mm-hmm. And I just think there there is discussion about what it is appropriate to put onto social media, just as what is to put out onto uh, like walking around Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things about kind of when we think about Findom and social media, like most of it's just not that interesting. Like ultimately, if we're going to put something out on social media, it's got to serve a purpose. Um, if I make a really cool suspension demo, for example, uh, like a sub might only be up there for two minutes for all of that work. Uh, they've got a barrel underneath them (laughs) and then you take the barrel away, take a couple of photos and put it back. Like, you can't fuck them up suspended anyway. What's the point of having them up there? Like, you can't swig a whip, you can't do anything while they're up there. So, um, when when you're posting that online, um, it's very difficult to kind of convey that and to say well actually we did all this thing and we had safety mechanisms and this that and the other and 
there comes a point where I, I feel like the um, it's very clumsy. We've mm-hmm. yet as a community to establish what our ideal ways of communicating this stuff should be to say, well, how do we include safety stuff, say, for instance, around yeah. suspension so that Bill, who's only ever tied somebody's hands behind their back and their hands went numb, doesn't suddenly try and hang his wife upside down. Yeah. Like, and something terribly go wrong. Um, this also ties into there's some kind of new stuff bubbling up around the uh, we can't consent to that um, bill, which is coming 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 up through Parliament around like can you consent like essentially the rough sex defence, should we say, um, where somebody dies during sex and go well, actually yeah they died because when she said choke me. She didn't mean for you to put her hands on top of her windpipe and push down. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like that's a kind of an ignorance thing. And yeah, it's like, well, actually, where do, where do the duties of the photographer end and where do the duties of the observer start? And I think yeah. that in a lot of the ways that we discuss this, we remove the agency of the viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to, if I put something up in extremis, I tend to put a second post underneath it, kind of giving a little bit of explanation. Um, but uh, like with FinDom, like to put a disclaimer underneath every mm-hmm. FinDom post to go, the purpose of this post is to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, I mean, no, educate yourself in a nutshell, like go and learn some more before you make any assumptions. The problem then with FinDom is that there's not a huge amount of resource available. Yeah. Um, I think that, a very good coverage. So shall we move on to charity? Yeah, sure. So yeah, um, we basically got several comments over the same topic. So we're kind of merging them into one. So I'll just mm-hmm. read out a good sample of them. Uh I guess I find taking money for gear difficult to reconcile with the leftism Buster often talks about on Twitter. You have engaged in a lot of charity work through the use of FinDom. How did this come about? And I noted Buster posted on Twitter, any money given to my cash up over the next week would go to food banks. And yet in less than 48 hours, he pivoted to any money in my cash up will now go to gear. If that's not morally vapid, I don't know what is. So... Shall so, we care to address that? on the top. Yeah, yes. money for gear. Um, uh, taking money for gear, difficult to reconcile with leftism. Um, like, for those of you that don't follow my Twitter, I am an eat-the-rich school of uh, of leftists. I yeah. came, like, for, financially, I came from quite a privileged family um, mm-hmm. and, and have seen what how the rich use money to actively keep other people poor um and and i i see 
very, very clearly. I went to, I, I, fortunate I'd go to public school. I fucked it up and was kicked out. But seeing in, in public school how children are taught from age 11, 12 about essentially how to dominate any social situation. Uh, there's this assumption that everyone in that school will go on to be a millionaire or to be a prime minister. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that assumption from such a young age is so powerful to imbue in a child mm. uh, much more than the actual education, which was kind of bullshit. Um, so I, I'm very, very firmly left-wing with the benefit of the privilege of being a well-educated white man yeah um a white cis guy now the ways in which i kind of think about privilege is you can use it to uplift people or you can use it to push down on people yeah and this is kind of where the charity thing came from um, to kind of feed into the next question a little bit, to go, actually, most of the responses I actually got to that weren't from FinsUps. They were from normal people who wanted to help out and give money to a food bank who are really, really struggling. Yeah, so just um, to provide some content uh, for those who don't follow your Twitter, um, you basically started doing sort of that typical cash dom call out, you know, I want to drain subs, but it was for donating to charity. Yeah, to give some contacts that hopefully is not going to date this too much. Um, there's recently been a scandal with uh, food boxes being given to children who are supposed to be on free school meals, where it's mm. supposed to contain 30 quid worth of produce and literally had like two potatoes and half yeah, a carrot. Yeah, it was pretty disgusting. A bag of pasta, yeah. uh, like yeah. two or three quids worth of food. And being a gay man, like, I don't have any kids. I don't particularly care about kids, but something was very deeply wrong. And I felt very, very angry. And living in North London, we, ha we have some of the most deprived areas around here and some of the, 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 the highest proportion of kids on free school meals. Um, Hornsey Food Bank were really, really struggling. I mean, they're, they're part of a collective of food banks in North London. Um, so anything that they don't use then gets spread around and there's essentially one every day. Yeah. My local one comes up, come, comes up on Thursday. I can donate. So, um, yeah, it was something I was really, really, I was absolutely livid about. Once again, thinking about how the rich take taxpayers' money for themselves and make millions and millions of pounds off starving the least well off. Yeah. Yeah, um, and if you malnourish children, their intellectual capacity is going to decrease over time. Um, then th this is a way of creating a new working class, um, and yeah. and it's something that makes me livid. Now, yeah, so so I wanted to raise some money. I was expecting. I uh, essentially I put aside forty quid, and I went. I want another forty quid, and I'll do a big run and get them some something nice because I've been hand to mouth before. Yeah, um, same. Like same. struggling and... to put food on the table. And it's just such a horrendous feeling going and asking for help. But mm. actually being able to say, well, you know what? You guys can have fresh fruit and veg, fresh chicken, fresh. Like we we, we got we got some lamb, like uh, uh, decent prices in large amounts. Um, yeah, I mean, and, yeah, and being it's... able to go, this is something that's really nice. Well, no, it's not really nice. It's mildly pleasant. But it's yeah. not a packet of rich tea biscuits that you have to eat that you might otherwise get. Um, yeah, yeah, like, and I think, yeah, I, it, unless you've lived 
in proper poverty, you don't understand how you cannot. There's daddy is not coming afford... to bail you out. There are no. no savings. There is nothing. Thirty pounds at the end of the week means thirty pounds to the end of the week. And if suddenly somebody says they're going to give you thirty quid and give you a fiver while you're going hungry, and yeah, that's yeah. the bottom line. And to go hungry for three days is a, a humiliating experience. And, and it... It, I believe that privileged people have a duty to use their privilege as a weapon to uplift and to punch upwards, basically. People listen to white cis men. So therefore, white cis men have to use that, the fact that if they start shouting, people are going to listen and people are going to take it as legitimate concerns rather than if a black cis man starts shouting, he's taken to be a violent thug. We have a duty and inherent upon ourselves to shout and yeah. to get shit done. And and th- th- there is part of a kind of a power dynamic in that. And actually, at some point, you have to be able to hand over effectively. You have to use that to uplift mm-hmm. people from uh, BAME communities and from LGBT communities, trans people. You have to uplift them so that they have an effective voice. And yeah. that's really what we should be working for. Like, if somebody from the community that you're shouting for can stand up and shout themselves, shut up, sit down and let them shout instead. Yeah. But with, with this, the food bank situation, I figured I was in a position to, to raise 40, 50 quid and we took 300 quid. Wow. Now that, that, that it absolutely blew me away. And they had a, a, a shopping list of stuff that they need. Like people always donate pasta, but nobody ever donates pasta sauce. Yeah. And like people donate biscuits, but they mm-hmm. never donate cheese. Or stuff like yeah. that, where it's like, okay, actually, they've not had fresh meat for. Yeah. Months. Having, you know, I'm talking about my own personal experience. When you're in real financial difficulty, fresh stuff is so hard to get and keep. Yep. And it like, so, you know, if you're going to a food bank, give fresh stuff. Uh, you know, fresh fruit, fresh apples, veg. Veg is very important. And also, um, I know this is a common one to bring up now, but um, sanitary products, tampons, mm. shower gel, soap, tooth toothpaste is so bloody expensive when you don't have any money. Well, what you do is you contact your local food bank and you ask what they need. And they yes. will tell you yeah. what they need. And then you buy as much or as little as that as you can. We ended up spending 160 pounds, I think it was, on sanitary products generally, tampons, um, shower gel, stuff like that, like essential hygiene products that nobody had ever donated. Um, and and knowing that if you get somebody a one quid can of shaving foam, that's going to last them for months. Yeah, like actually, the little things last as well. So, and they're not going to go off. So if they don't get claimed, they can go to another food bank and they go around in circles. So, yeah, the, 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 to kind of come back to that leftism to go, well, actually, like, as with this charity thing, for example, as a white cis guy, I believe I have a duty to use whatever power I can muster. 
I have a reasonable internet presence. Great, I can use that to support my local my local community. And yeah, as I said, the response was absolutely mind blowing. And that's an example of leftism. Now, once again, I feel, I feel like the question, the context of taking money for gear is once again kind of harkening back to when we were saying like the begging thing. Yeah. Where it's, it's implying that I'm bullying these poor victims and they're giving money because they have no other choice. And actually, that's not the case. We're having a two-way consensual relationship that is primarily sex work. I think we're going to come on to this a little bit more later, but but ultimately, yeah. uh, if somebody well off commissions a rent boy, hires a rent boy for a night, 150 quid, maybe, nobody bats an eyelid. But if somebody gives a Findom 150 quid on first tribute, that's that's my, like that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But actually, like the, the 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 way that we treat Findom is very, very different from the way that we treat a lot of sex work. And also, to flip this around a little bit, when you see a video of a fin sub and a female fin dom, I would just usually write fin dom, but that's, yeah. <laughs> they sound the dom same. Dom with a silent so, e. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've heard stories of basically this guy... She, trying to get her attention by pinging money over and over and over again and increasing the amount each time so that he's paying 20, 30, 40 for half an hour while she sits and eats a pot noodle because what he wants is to be ignored. And what do we all go? Yes, Queen, you do that. We celebrate that. We celebrate the traditional submissive role, i.e. the female, taking a, like a role and ignoring a guy but when it's the other way around if that was a girl trying to get a guy's attention well suddenly that feels really quite dirty that feels oh no that's not cool that's abuse because it's playing Actually, into it's, established it's about, power dynamics yeah exactly so this is where we have to establish what is our societal expectation versus our sexual expectation I mean, um, I have some thoughts to add to this about yeah. the difference between asking for money for gear and char and like doing this sort of charity work for to Oh yeah, they're very different. Yeah, which is one of the things in leftism which I think often gets forget forgotten is it's about systemic change and looking at systemic frameworks and powers. It is not about individual action in that way. Ooh, I'll fight you on that one. Oh, interesting. But so I'll finish my point, which is asking for money between two individuals going, give me money for gear. It doesn't cancel out trying to create a framework of a aid to people. Mm -hmm. I mean, so the so floor is yours. My thoughts on that is to so say, for instance, like if you like, I, I put this as kind of like a, an addendum to my my post about charitable giving which is like anyone can be left wing it requires action mm -hmm. uh if you want somebody else to come along and kill jeff bezos and like and to redistribute his wealth then what you're looking for is an individual to have the ultimate control you're looking for bezos to be the one around which society pivots that is a right-wing ideal 
if you want somebody to come along and give you money to lift you out of poverty, that is a right wing idea. Um, ultimately, it's a it's a right wing wet dream for, 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 for somebody rich to come along and to lift somebody out of poverty. Yeah. Like, no, so this actually, is my this is that is where systemic change matters. But actually, if you're yeah, because it's a if system you say that, you're that like, allows for billion, right, you know, it's, yeah, it's the if system you, that creates billionaires and poverty. But you do nothing yourself to benefit your community directly, then you're not actually living those ideals. And this is where it gets weird and gatekeeperish um, yeah. <laughs> to say, well, it's not about money. It's about oh, actually, but like if you believe in the concept of collectivism, that as as a community we're stronger than we are individually, then yeah. you need to work as a community. Like that's not that's not gatekeeping. That's just saying like, well, actually, if if the community is to succeed, we need your input. And if you choose not to give that input, then the community is not going to succeed as much. And I, I'm a very firm believer in saying, but actually, like collectivism, to some degree, like I'm not, I'm not a communist. I don't think so. Um, like that, that, that question's a little bit more. Uh, my answer to, to to that question's a little bit more vague than it would have been a few years ago. But yeah, like having, we're supposed to get more right wing as we get older, and I find myself getting more and more left wing. Same, same. <laughs> more and more radical. Because something needs to give, but um, yeah, like when when I kind of think about like actually how how does this reconcile with um with with Findom? As I said, taking money for gear isn't actually what's happening. What's happening is I'm opening up a a channel and saying I'm willing to like in sex worker language, I'm willing to accept new clients and develop new yeah. relationships because the most successful female uh, escorts are the ones that work regularly with maybe they'll see 10 people regularly and they don't see new clients and and actually they develop a really close relationship with those people and it may be about sex it may not be about sex but actually like we don't like some people like the, 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 there's a lot of swerfs we hear a lot about turfs but there's also swerfs sex worker uh, exclusive reactionary feminists i.e saying yeah. that sex work isn't work and actually women are inherent inherently victimized by the sex act because they're penetrated and we, we, we like to some degree like that carries over into the gay world and i see a lot of people saying like subs are inherently victims and we see like that's kind of what's coming up with this kind of removal of consent there's no such thing as consent for choking is essentially what um, actually the Labour Party are trying to push as a potential law to say, um, yeah. yeah, like how sex negative is that? But uh, but Ooh. essentially saying that individuals don't like if if you want to be choked, you must be disordered, and therefore we are removing yeah, your. Yeah. Like, we do not consider you able to consent, and yeah, that that's fucked up in its own way, um, but. Yeah, as long as we treat a sub as a victim, then we're going to have mm. mentalities like this and we're going to have disputes like this. 
But actually, if we treat the sub as the one defining the foundation, like at any point, they can stop giving. Like, it, it, even if I have their debit card, they can just stop putting money in that account. They can cancel that card. Like, the sub is in control, and the sooner we realize that, we take it for granted in stuff like bondage, where the safe word is the ultimate end. It ends the session. Mm-hmm. If I'm fucking somebody and they safe word, well, I'm not coming. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, uh, 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 they hold the ultimate nuclear power button. So, yeah, it's the same with, with Findom. They hold, the, they hold the safe word, which is they hold the pin number. Okay, so this is an uh, email we got in. Uh, so, uh, I have a few comments for Buster regarding Findom. It's quite, quote, spicy, unquote. So I suggest perhaps putting it out there and letting you comment on it. But I do think it's a very important point that needs to be discussed considering Findom. In my opinion, Findom is a legitimate kink. A master might take care of his loyal slaves' finances and perhaps even use them for himself. I don't see a problem with that. However, posting send money to my cash app so I can buy gear on Twitter is a very different story. That not That's not domination between consensual partners. It's begging. Furthermore, unlike in, in-person service, you don't know the mental or financial state of who you're dealing with. And giving a number of times subs outnumber doms is perhaps no surprise that I've seen quite vulnerable people donating to fin doms on the hope of getting some form of attention or validation. Here's the spicy part which I'll understand if you don't want to include. I think we will. Uh, noted that Buster posted on his Twitter, any money given to my cash app over the next few weeks will go to food banks. And yet in less than 48 hours... The rest of he, the week. Yeah. And in less than 48 hours, he pivoted to any money in my cash app from now on go on gear. If that's not va- morally vapid, I don't know what is. There are several points I feel we've already covered in there. So, like, mm-hmm. we've already covered about uh, sending money to Cash App. I would like to go back over what he says about um, you don't know the financial state of who you're dealing with. And mm-hmm. there are vulnerable people donating to DOMS in hopes of getting some form of attention or validation. We have covered this. It's like, A, good fin DOMS, like anything, will check in with the subs limits and mm-hmm. check and only take, you know, build up. And the other half is... Subs have a responsibility to know their limits and to understand why they're doing something. Yeah. Um, feel we've covered that. Yep. And, and the last I, thing I want to kind of answer this, uh, to yeah. say, yeah, any any uh, any money given to my cash app over uh, like until the end of the week, I think I said. Yeah. Um, we'll go to food bank. Um, and then I pivoted, and actually it was it was kind of purely a logistics thing. Like initially. Essentially, the food bank only takes donation on Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. I then had some fin subs who I have long-standing uh, relationships with. Essentially, saying, "Right, okay, I've given to fin uh, I've given to the food bank, but actually, mm-hmm. I want to give to you because you're what matters to me." And and essentially, like after Thursday passed, I couldn't donate anymore to the food bank. They're open Wednesday, Thursday. It was essentially my my original intention was to the end of the week, so Friday. And I, by looking at this this uh, person's misunderstood, I meant from Wednesday to Wednesday. Well, um, and the other part is to this is like every pound. I think I said it earlier. Like every pound that comes into my account is accounted for, and everything that came in. It's funny because I actually ended up doing. 
another run the following week, despite the fact that I was at work, like I kind of basically had to run late in my clinic in order to do another run. I, I knew I wasn't able to do one the following week. So I ended up having to do one because I got another, like, I think it was another 60 quid that came through after that, that wasn't accounted for. Like if I just get random money to my account, like one of those things now is that post is out there on the internet. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to get money randomly into my cash app and my PayPal. It might be a tenner here and then a month and then another tenner come through or a fiver or whatever. And if money randomly appears or has something like for a good cause written in the notes section, then I know what it's for. Um, like this is the thing, like every piece of money that comes through, I know what it's for because this isn't just a, I'm not just running a, like a make a wish fountain, like where yeah. people flick a fiver in and then make a sex wish. Like that's not the way that Finnom works. And yeah, I, I, it does speak to me to, to say, like to somebody to come on with both barrels to push back a little bit and say, oh, it's morally vapid. Actually, you don't really know what the situation is. Um, yeah. And yeah, any, any any money that I continue to get through, even after the original week, well, it, it'll probably now get donated. The food bank are now doing like a cash donation option. So it'll probably, rather than going into fresh fruit, which was my original thing, say fresh fruit and veg. Yeah. Um, and, and being able to say essentially like, right, okay, this is now just, uh, I'll, I'll get rid of it. I'll send it to charity, but you can equally go to the Haunty Food Bank website and make a donation on there directly to them. Like, <laughs> you don't need yeah. to send it to me to do that. Um, and, yeah, it, I, I think that this is about knowing kind of what what the situation is and going actually what are the logistics of this and yeah I, when i made that original post i was probably a bit naive to say well actually i've dug myself into a into a, a hole that i can't really easily dig myself out of and being able to put a hot put a stop on it and say actually <laughs> no more donations please because as i said i was expecting 40 quid yeah quid, yeah quid, not expecting 300 quid which is great yeah absolutely fantastic and i the the woman that runs the food bank was in tears like because they've never oh. had anything like that and yeah but yeah it's well, uh I mean, this is something close like most donation platforms let you attach little notes to say da 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 this is for this so like not if you're a donating... single donation came through without a note yeah everything and said that's what you're doing or for hornsey food bank or everything had a note on it yeah this is the thing everyone make clear what you're going to handle on <laughs> yeah everyone wanted me to know who had sent this money yeah so yeah it's it, it's it's as i said like the entire thing's accounted for mm. but what matters massively to me like hence posting receipts up is the accountability of it because yeah. you can do something like this and you have to be able to demonstrate clear accountability. Um, because if you just do it, what's the proof you haven't just pocketed that money? Mm. And so you have to be able to be very, very proactive 
and be accountable. And if somebody wants to wag a finger at you because they think you're doing something wrong, you have to be able to take the rough with the smooth. It's the same as being a fin-dom, generally. I get messages where people call me an abuser, and it's just sort of like, well, no, you just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm the least abusive fin-dom there is. <laughs> I say everything with a smile on my face. <laughs> well, yeah, it, again, it goes back to people have this misconception and they don't know what goes on behind and they don't know about the consent structures in place. It's, yeah. Mm. Um, I think... I think that's covered it. So shall we move on to sex work? Well, folks, that's where we're going to leave it for now. Um, the second part of this episode will be up in a week's time. And of course, our one dollar tier patrons will be able to listen to it now on the Patreon page. Uh, so I hope you enjoy and uh, see you next week. <laughs>